Hi everyone, welcome back. Thanks to everyone sharing the podcast again. I hope you liked last week's. What was it again? What was it on? Was it the feminism one? I actually can't remember. Anyway, on this week's podcast, Love Languages, Zodiac, uh, Zodiac Compatibility and Dealing with Rejection or Finding Closure. Not sure yet what the title is going to be, but that is basically the gist of what we're going to be talking about today. Before we get into it, I'm just going to give a quick uh, Missy Moo update. I think it's a given in every podcast at this stage. So last week I was talking about how she's doing this thing where she's lying down inside of her litter tray lying down having a like chill mode she's just chilling out even though there's about a million different soft surfaces in the house she decides to lie down in the pissy shitty gravel that we have in the tray now we do scoop the shit out regularly so it's not that shitty but like it is drenched drenched in piss most of the time um she now what we assume is has contracted a uti i initially was like i was looking up the symptoms i'm very neurotic when it comes to missy if she has like a slight of sniffle i'm calling the vet and i'm like here here are symptoms what is the story here do i need to come in for an appointment and most of the time they're like we have jobs to do like we're actually saving pets lives here and you're calling about your cat having like a runny nose do you know what i mean um anyway so i'm just like yeah actually you're so right so right so I try to restrict myself from using google or googling her symptoms because that's also very bad I'm gonna I'm gonna self-diagnose her with death one of these days but since that um she did wake up now the other day sniffly nose like her eyes looked like they were bleeding then she was drooling I found a wet patch she started pissing herself then in random places um she was shivering a little bit she puked up her breakfast and like didn't really have an appetite so I was like cooking her chicken fillets like I'm a vegetarian I was the first time I've ever bought chicken fillets in my whole life like from in a packet in Tesco bought two chicken fillets fried them off in front with in a pan with water uh which is like called feeding your you know bland dieting your cat if they're feeling a bit unwell um she ate about half of it she didn't puke again so i was like okay maybe she's getting a bit better i texted then a vet on instagram and she was like oh she could have a uti so i was like do they contract the same way as humans do and she was in heat last week and i was like did she somehow get outside and then was she porking like sleeping around and i was like missy why did you piss after sex do you know what i mean but um lo and behold she didn't get outside because we have all the windows shut all the time but the odd time we do find her outside the window i have no idea how she does it but i think that she does somehow in a different dimension she like walks through walls because she just ends up in these random places. I'd be on the toilet and i blink. And then she's right in front of me without making a sound. I don't know how she does it. But anyway. It's not that she was having sex. She obviously got it from lying down in the pissy litter. So I think we're just going to have to. Now I spend um, every day with her because I work from home. So I kind of know where her, her whereabouts most of the time. But if she is in the litter tray. You want to give your cat a bit of privacy. Because they are a bit. They're, they're private beings. You know they dig. They try to bury the shit as soon as it comes out of their ass. They're like no please don't look. Please don't look. So um, I, is, I'm just going to have to check in on her now. Every now and again. So she's not lying down. I haven't seen her do it recently. So maybe it was that it was that one time where I was like, Missy, get out of the fucking litter tray right now. Because cats do understand demands, but they just choose not to follow them. That was a study done now. Uh, I'm not a vet, so I don't know if that's 100% accurate, but I, I think I read it somewhere. I definitely read it somewhere. And uh, she does get in trouble the odd time because I have this high chest of drawers with all my jewellery and we have our incense thing there because it's a high thing. So when she was a kitten, she never really went up there because it's too high up do you know what I mean but now she's on this buzz of like I need to jump up on that high uh dress of drawers from the ground but then she like jumps into the corner of the thing whacking her rib cage off and then falls on the ground but now she started doing this thing where she tries to grab the stuff on top of the chest of drawers to try give her a bit of grip so she has grabbed one of my jewelry trays that I made myself out of clay and dragged it to the ground all my rings went everywhere my engagement ring was like missing in the floor somewhere um it was i found it though eventually like broke the thing in half all my jewelry everywhere the incense what you call that the incense uh, ash all over the place what else anyway yeah oh that was really bad now i was nearly crying now after that but as well she's a pet so you can't be like giving out 
you know, she's only a baby. You have to give them a bit of patience. But I was upset with her. So I wasn't talking to her then for like a few hours. But then I let her onto the bed again. Um, But I think she knew I was mad at her too. Because she was kind of just like, oh my God, don't go near mom. She's going to bite my head off sort of buzz. But we we overcame that and we've communicated. And she's not going to do it again, hopefully. Or we're just going to let her up there. I put a little step beside it so she can just jump on top of it. Instead of trying to jump from the ground. So she can get up there more easily to roam because you kind of have have to expect if you have a, a cat that they are going to get to every corner of the house um you can't have you can't hide anything from them they're going to find it even if you do work from home it just doesn't work now what else have I done this week so you'll never believe it sorry about that oh my god I talked for six minutes there about the cat that is so embarrassing I'm sorry if th- no one finds it interesting but it's like a really a real big focal point of my life right now because I'm just recluse like I don't really do anything I did now go to last week I went to a private men's club for one night and it was like partying with property developers like proper millionaires but I can't obviously share stories because they're the type to sue for defamation aren't they but anyway that was a fun exciting thing that happened to me it was traumatic don't get me wrong I hated it I hated every second of it but good material that I can share now at um during Christmas time with my family in the privacy of my own home not on a public podcast anyway horrible horrible time um anyways what else have I been doing this week guess what I did so I actually started going to the gym what anyway so I for some reason I got this burst of motivation I was like, I'm actually going to start going to a kickboxing class. So me and my friend who lives like pretty near me, we were like, let's go together. Good motivation to go together. My toxic trait, my toxic trait is I always think that, I think a lot of people have this as well. I always have this, uh, maybe it's from me giving myself reaffirming, uh, what you call that? Positive affirmations. It must be from that because your subconscious can't tell the difference between the truth and a lie if you tell it to yourself over and over again. That's why people who are compulsive liars like actually start to believe it then themselves. Not compulsive liars, sorry, pathological liars. Compulsive liars forget their lies and then trip up on them. But pathological liars like start to believe them then after a while. Anyway, so I we went to a kickboxing class. My toxic trait is that I always think that when I start a new hobby that I'm going to be a prodigy. That the teacher is going to notice me and be like, you should be a professional. Here is like hundred thousand pounds congratulations you are like the best person I've ever seen in my whole life and obviously when it comes down to it I am shockingly bad it was it was humiliating actually we were skipping I was actually tripping over myself this was within the first three minutes I was skipping tripping over myself um can only do about three push-ups you know and they're the women's ones well not the women's ones that's sexist Keelan what I mean like the ones where you're not strong enough to do the they, oh, sorry, my PE teacher always called them women's ones. That's why I remember them like that. Even though they don't have a gender, women can be just as strong as men. Anyway, um, so I was doing the weak per- person push-ups. Could only do about three to five, I'd say. Then the instructor does this thing where they're like, okay, this person, you have to count now. Now, talking while you're doing a burpee, not the most attractive especially when you're unfit like I've never been inside a gym before I did dancing until up until I was like 15 and discovered Marlboro Red and Tumblr good night never doing a hobby ever again but in kickboxing class uh, you have to like read out the numbers now I tell you I was scarlet for my life Um, it was really really embarrassing and I had to count while doing a burpee Um, it was terrible I nearly got sick a good few times in the class but the stories do get worse so kickboxing I was doing shadow boxing in the mirror I'm sorry can you imagine like anytime I tell someone that story I'm like I was doing shadow boxing in the mirror everyone laughs because imagining me doing that is so funny um like doing uppercuts and all and then we had to do the patterns like to a punching bag so funny but a really really good way to release your anger like I said before I don't know if I've said it in the podcast before I am not able to meditate I just can't do it must be an ADHD thing even though I do find myself just blaming everything on my ADHD it must be that's the only um plausible answer but I can't meditate so I have to release my anger sometimes because 
my sisters would tell you, my sisters would vouch for this, my parents would vouch for this as well. I actually have a short fuse the odd time. I can lash out at people, especially the people who are in the closest proximity to me. I've had to make a conscious effort not to lash out at Jason because that's obviously toxic when you're in a romantic relationship with someone. So I'm like, why am I doing this? Or like give a silent treatment because I, I don't know how to express my anger, express my emotions. Very surprising since I'm so, such a, well, I, I would consider myself a very well, well, what? well-read person. Yet I can't actually put it into, uh, I can't implement it into my own life for whatever reason. I just can't do it. So I lash out uh, the odd time if I'm in a bad mood. I'm like that person where, sorry, if you can hear the. If I'm in a bad mood, say for example, Jace comes home and he's like, do you want help cooking the dinner? And then I just don't answer. I'm like, I'm like, I want him to read my mind. And then he's like, do you need help at dinner? And I'm like. And then he's like, do you need any help? And I'm like, no. You know, I, you know, I burst in a, a big stern no. Like, what's wrong with me? Like, why couldn't I just be like, no, thanks, baby. Thanks so much, do you know? Or actually just be like, yeah, could you help me with this? I like internalize it. I'm like, you should be helping me anyway without asking. You know, like what? Anyway, so um, that was a long-winded way to say that I can't express my emotions. So I was, guys, I was letting it all out in the punching bag. Adre- I'm a, an adrenaline junkie. The gym is my therapy. I'm going to start sharing those quotes in my story now. Watch out world. I'm going to I'm going to be posting like up um progress pics. I'm going to be uploading videos of me shadow boxing, okay? Now, see when I said earlier in the podcast that I was at this private ma- private members club. Did I say private men's club initially? It's a private members club. I was at this private members club drinking spicy margaritas out of my head. Glasses of champagne did not spend a cent. Anyway, so I came home around 6am, Jason asleep and he's like, what the fuck is, he's like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, I know. Anyway, I come home the next day, my ankle is so swollen. Like, the it's huge. I have cankles, okay? Um, on my right ankle. I go to kickboxing anyway the next day. What is wrong with me? Um, so, and obviously with kickboxing, you have to kick a punching bag? What? But I was just, you know, I never registered that these things are a problem. So I'm just like, it's fine, even though I'm like prolonging the healing period, which I will get back to. I'm referencing this because this whole podcast is going to be about psychological healing as well and how it's so important to address it initially so you don't prolong your healing period, okay? Me making own my own anecdotes. Um, So I... Di- <sighs> where am I ending this? I did my kickboxing class. I have a swollen, um, a sprained ankle and like it's still, it was still really bad. Couldn't walk the next day. My whole body was in pain. I couldn't leave my bed. Um, really bad. But then I was like, do you know what? I'm not going to let that put me down. And I'm going to, I actually booked a class for next week. I know. Um, and then me and Jason, because we're trying to do more one on, like, spending more quality time together which is another thing I'm going to be talking about in this podcast about the love languages thing we're trying to spend more quality uh, time together because a lot of times when you're in a relationship especially when you're living together so married couples will understand this as well if any married couples do listen to the podcast it can be so common that you think that you're spending quality time together because you're with each other so often but spending time in the same room as each other while you're doing other things is not the same as spending quality time together you have to spend one-on-one time without distraction or you have to be doing the same activity at the same time whereas like you two sitting in the bed next to each other like on your phone and watching a movie is not necessarily spending quality time you're not learning more about one another you're not strengthening the bond with one another and you're not like doing anything productive or you know that will benefit the two of you even as individuals um and I have been uh I've learned from my past relationships as well the one before when we were living together like we were together all the time but never really did stuff never really made an effort to get to know each other more so we were kind of just like living with each other thinking that it's like we're in love and that's enough in a relationship whereas like you have to make a constant effort to get to know someone more and more and more the more time you spend with them even if you could be married for 25 years you could, there still could be things that you don't know about them you have to make the effort to ask and put yourself in atmospheres that cultivate a deeper bond and a deeper connection between the two of you by doing activities like this anyway me and Jason did a spinning class. Stop. It gets so much worse. So uh, we're using this all in class pass, by the way. So basically, when you refer a friend, you get free 20 credits. You can use my link in the description if you want to sign up on class pass because you get a few free credits if you sign up. And also, I benefit from it too because I get free credits then too. 
even though I do pay for a membership I want the I want some extra credits so I can do more kundalini yoga good night so um this is also not ones I'm not, I'm not endorsed to say that this is just genuinely what I use so we got we sign up for this spinning class it's called like rhythm cycle or something cycle rhythm in bank which is like you know where all the professionals work and I'm like I go in my cycling shorts but like with a really oversized hoodie and a fleece so it looks like I'm wearing no trousers sort of buzz like that's I'm on that buzz you know what I mean I want people to be staring at me being like is she wearing pants or is she not and I'm like I'm just I'm keeping people on their toes so we get to this oh Jesus sorry we get to this class and we're like one minute early because again like I said Missy Moo has is like bleeding from her eyes at home so we're like okay we need someone to be here home uh while we go out so that she doesn't die while we're away um so we get in and usually if you're there like 10 minutes before they're gonna run through the machines and like how to use them I keep again let me reiterate I have never been to the gym before this is like my first so I've obviously never been to a fucking spinning class so we get there, I want to be beside Jason. I'm like, mm, I'm going to be beside my fiance. Me, me, me. Um, even though I'm in there after him. So we're in the first 10 minutes and I'm like watching, looking around just being like, these people are absolute machines. Like they're doing the thing and they're bouncing forward and there's like choreography going with the cycling. So they're moving their upper body and the lower body. Like I'm about to puke. I'm about to have a heart attack. I keep needing to pause for a, a sug of water. And then she's like, okay, everyone has to change their gears, right? And I'm like, I don't know how to do any of this because I don't know how to work the machine because I was in like one minute late. I was doing the first 15 minutes of the class on gear 15 on my bike. And I was like, no wonder it was so hard. Do you know what I mean? I just thought that I was like incredibly, incredibly weak. I am anyway. But I literally was like after the 21st, uh, 21st, well, after the 20, first 20 minutes, I was like, I'm, I need to quit. I need to, how am I going to walk out of this room? Um, I need to walk out of this room before I vomit everywhere because the ground isn't um, lino. Uh, so it's going to seep into the carpet. It's full of sweat and it's really hot in here. So it's going to start to smell immediately. They're going to have to turn the music off. Everyone's going to be staring at me. So I need to go. I also have this huge fear of when I'm out in public that I'm going to shit myself. Now, this could be outside. This could be me and Tesco, like me walking to London Fields to get a coffee, me going out to meet a friend. I have this huge, huge fear that I'm going to shit myself at any stage. I don't have IBS or anything. Like, it's not like it's a common thing that happens to me. I just have that fear. Um... And I think it's just an excuse I tell myself because I'm just, I just don't want to go outside. So I'm like, you're going to shit yourself if you leave the house right now. So anyway, we're doing the spinning class. Jason turns to me and he's like, Keelan, you're on gear 15. And then I'm like, I don't know. And I deaf one ear scream. So I start screaming back to him, but we're like on the last second back row. Um, and everyone then in the class is like, you know, turning a bit. The teacher then comes over to me who has a microphone on. She turns away her microphone and she's like, is everything okay? Do you know how to work the thing? So she shows me how to work it. And she's like, there's no, in fairness to her, so such a sweetheart. She's like, we don't judge here. You like take as much time as you need. It's fine. Except all the people around, like the girl beside me is that you're like a pro. I think she was an, an instructor. Like that's how good she was. So um, I keep having to sit down. Like Jason is firing ahead because he used to be a PT. Jason used to be, yeah and uh yeah so I'm sweating I'm I'm about to have a heart attack and uh but lo- I did it guys I did it and I book again I'm gonna book it I'm going to Ireland next week so I can't go to her class but she talked to me and Jason after the class and she was like guys she was like good work for never being in my class before and I was like thanks so much I was like you don't understand I never go to the gym she was like well done for finishing and I was like thank you so much for these words of encouragement um I know I was probably embarrassing I literally interrupted the class she had to come down to me to show me how to work the machine uh, but I didn't shit myself and I didn't puke so I'm gonna go back now in two weeks when I'm back from Ireland and I have another kickboxing class on Sunday I also have Pilates today at half four um Guys, what? I Now I've spent 20 minutes talking about me going to the gym. What the fuck? But also, after spinning, she was like, you're all going to leave. She was like, leave your negativity at the door. Uh, it's all going to be positive vibes when you leave this room. I don't get that. I haven't got that buzz yet. I'm hoping now after maybe the Pilates, I'm going to start feeling this endorphins thing because Jason is literally like, I've missed this feeling. I want it to go on. All, like, I'm addicted to it. You know what I mean? He's all on that buzz. Whereas I leave just like, in pain like I'm just in pain afterwards I don't actually get it so 
I'm just kind of doing it so I can be healthy. It's good for my mental health as well. That's why I'm not doing stuff like just going to the gym, doing like conditioning work or what's that, like circuits or like hit workouts because I'm not, or like ab blast, ass blast. I'm just doing stuff that sounds relatively fun. So I will do it then again the next week. Do you know what I mean? So I'm just, yeah, I'm not actually in that much pain after the spinning surprisingly but as again like I wasn't you know I had to keep taking breaks so maybe I didn't work as hard as other people but Jason didn't seem to be in much pain either but yeah um what was I saying oh yeah I'm going to Pilates tonight now hopefully I get this buzz that everyone's talking about I did now after coming back from kickboxing that was really fun but that was because more I was like it was like therapeutic to me because I was I was punching you know what I mean? I was imagining punching someone. So it was very nice. It was like I'd just done a, a huge line of coke. Like the biggest, fattest line you've ever seen. Except there was no come down and you don't feel anxious after. Do you know what I mean? Anyway. So, yeah. That's my big rant on working out. I really recommend. Again, if you want to sign up for class class and give me some free credits. Feel free in the comments. Uh, what else am I doing? I'm doing a kundalini yoga now on Tuesday before I go back to Ireland buzzing out of my head I also I haven't done yoga in a while too so I'm going to be very inflex not flexible at all do you know what else now I promise I will get into the actual reason for the podcast soon but you know what else I've been doing you can geez you can really tell that I have been isolating myself because I haven't had anyone to talk to but like I talk to my housemates about you you know the things I get up to, I talk to Jason, but I'm like, it's still not enough. I need to, you know, more interactions. Or maybe I'm just turning one to those pe- one of those people where it's like, I didn't go to the gym unless I talk about it extensively. And I never got a selfie. I didn't get a mirror selfie. So yeah, I'm just gonna have to make it up by doing this. But anyway, another thing that I've been doing is, wait, I need to burp. Okay, back. Um, I've started investing in stocks. What? Crypto girlfriend, astrology boyfriend. That's literally our buzz because I um obviously I read tarot cards I think I'm a relatively spiritual person when it suits me if you know what I mean because I think a lot of times in terms of crisis people turn to religion spirituality looking for a higher purpose especially in yeah so in times of need if you're going to rejection if you're trying to rebuild your self-esteem you have to kind of feel like you're welcome or a sense of belonging within something and religion and spirituality or like looking for an existential like a se- existential meaning in life that can be really helpful to do that everyone has a god-shaped hole you know what I mean um how did I get onto this yeah so investing stocks um I don't have a pension um bad credit score my income is very sporadic I don't have a constant like a regulated consistent form of income it's all like random sponsorships here and there so I could have like a couple of grand on my account one day and then like zero the next do you know um but I have to get better at saving I do have a savings account because I have a bank account that I don't have the information for and I just randomly send money to it the odd time so I can't check it and I can't actually take money out of that account because I don't even I can't even log into the thing which I really recommend if you're bad at saving to do that because I I genuinely I hope I'm surprised so I've started doing this thing now where I can just invest in stocks because I actually am quite good at that sort of thing um I'm don't I don't like use astrology to predict stocks or anything but I just know what is a I know the difference between a risky stock and like a kind of less so risky one uh so I've been doing that and I know that recessions are cyclical so I think I will know the perfect time to sell which hopefully I, I, I'm just going to do in a probably around 10 years or so because I want to ha- get a house. I want to buy a house. Oh, Jesus, sorry. My phone's popping off. But yeah, so old, trying to save for a house. Jason will be the gold mine now because he'll have a consistent income. So they're going to, you know, I'm just the, the wishy-washy self-employed bitch. Like, I don't think so. I have been applying for jobs, which is gonna why I wanted to kind of talk about rejection in this podcast because... I think a lot of times people can feel discouraged and then you get stuck in this thing of being so self-critical and only listening to your inner critic as well to the point where it inhibits you from applying to any more jobs because you think you're not good enough and you've just lost your whole sense of self-worth and you don't think you deserve a job and you don't think you're good enough to do anything. Whereas like you can see people who are completely not qualified for the position they're in, but they just get there somehow and you're like, how the fuck can they get that job when I couldn't, when I have a master's and whatever they're doing? It's because they believed in themselves enough to sell themselves in the interview. That's literally all a person, like interview uh, employee, 
employers want is someone who can just fucking sell themselves you can bullshit out of your hole and get literally anything i've known from especially living in london the majority of people here don't have degrees which makes me feel a little bit better whereas in ireland it felt like my whole circle were like getting degrees and really academic and kind of on the right track whereas i was like three-time dropout and didn't know what the fuck i was doing whereas in london i have a lot more opportunities and uh a lot more things that i can fit myself into the box to and a lot more things that i can actually get an interview for because i'm qualified to do it just from my life experience if you know what i mean but um yeah it's such a weird thing that we're not taught about by anyone like even even uh parentally like parents don't really know how to soothe themselves or to soothe their children because it's kind of hard to do and is very dependent on the type of person but there are kind of loose guidelines on how you can soothe yourself and how rejection or failure or low self-esteem how you can stop it or prevent it from leading to any bigger psychological problems but we've just never been taught what the emotional band-aids to use are or like what kind of there's no painkiller for that um and there's not really a book that you can read well there are a few books that you can read there's rejection proof there's emotional first aid that i read anyway there's loads of things but like rejection could be a really minor thing like someone ignoring you when you say hi to them or say you went up to someone on the street and you're like oh I really like your handbag and they're like what are you talking to me for that's one of my fears too even though I'm a really I, I that's the type of person that I am but since moving to London I've just stopped doing that because people kind of like their privacy and there's an element of anonymity here that people don't are shocked when someone a stranger talks to them whereas in Dublin people would be more in like there'd be more interaction between strangers and it's just more expected so I haven't really been doing that but I think they're like I'm not fulfilling my social needs then since that I feel kind of I'm restricting myself from doing that but anyway another thing could be again like you don't get the job that you want or that you've like gone through six rounds of fucking interviews for you've had to submit your portfolio you really thought you were going to get it and it's your you've convinced yourself that it's your absolute dream 100% this is the only thing that you could see yourself doing job even though when you actually look at it from a third party perspective or if you look at yourself doing it probably three months ago you could be like yeah I could kind of see myself doing that like I kind of fit into the mold of whatever position that is but once you've gone through all the efforts of like doing interviews and doing the portfolios you start to just like subconsciously condition yourself to be prepared for working that position um so then when you don't get it or you're rejected uh or you feel like a failure the hurt is way more the hurt is way worse than it would have been if you were looking at it from a detached emotionless perspective but obviously it's hard to do that when you are in this situation yourself so a few ways to help yourself with feeling rejected and this is especially um integral for like romantic situations because a lot of times people experience like getting ghosted this was really huge during lockdown because people didn't feel like they owed anyone anything even though if you've been talking for like sorry I feel like I'm gonna sneeze if you've been talking for like six months and then randomly you stop talking to the person my initial rule was like if you shared fluids with the person they deserve an explanation as to why you never want to talk to them again whereas like if you've just been texting someone for a few weeks you don't actually owe that person something but obviously there are certain circumstances where like people are doing long distance or in lockdown where we were on like for months on end we were just locked in our houses and you'd be texting and like facetiming this person for ages and then randomly one day they just ghost you i think in that circumstance you absolutely do deserve a explanation and also just in general with people being people are sensitive like humans are sensitive beings and they're just going to turn to the worst possible scenario as to why they were rejected or try fill in the gaps themselves like and jumping to the most negative conclusion that they can rather than just being like oh well maybe they found someone else or maybe like they just weren't in the right headspace I think that sometimes can be a justification though that people use as well where they're like oh they weren't in the right headspace even though that's kind of justifying their behavior where they shouldn't have actually done that to you and you didn't really deserve that either whereas like obviously if you're just like snapchatting someone for a week it's not really you know if they go and they ghost you you will be feeling shitty probably if you really liked them or convince yourself that you really like them but there's not really much that they can do they're not going to be like hey I know we've been snapping for a few days but like I actually just you're not really my type you know there's not really any point in them doing doing that 
But a few ways to help yourself if you are going through some sort of rejection. It can also help if you never got any sense of closure in a past relationship or you never got like feedback from an interview that you did or you're just feeling rejected maybe by your group of friends or whatever. The number one thing to do is obviously to reaffirm yourself. Like I said, your subconscious doesn't know the difference between what's truth and a lie. So if you keep telling your, even if you don't believe it that much, if you keep telling yourself positive attributes that you have, maybe ask your, like your friends probably tell, your friends or your family probably tell you what your positive attributes are and you don't believe them because down to your core, you don't, feel like you have any self-worth or you don't believe in yourself or your self-esteem is very low if you just start saying them to yourself over and over and over again when a negative thought comes up and try to cut it out of your life instead it's kind of a little bit like cognitive behavioral therapy but kind of different if you're getting a negative thought try switch it on its head and start reaffirming yourself instead um that rhymed and it's also important um yeah so so for example if you think that you messed up a job interview tell yourself that maybe the company just wanted someone with like a very specific background there was someone who had more experience than you or there was someone who had like qualifications in the area that they were looking for more so than you it doesn't mean that you are worth any less but you can also look at it look at your experience and then learn from it because responding to failure immediately and in the right way it can turn into an opportunity for growth so if you can look at um an interview or whatever that you did try to uh, reflect on your preparation and your performance you can identify the things that you didn't do and then that you can do next time and break it down into actionable goals and create a timeline for achieving them so that's uh, so that you don't discourage yourself you, that you don't end up discouraging yourself or letting your inner critic take over the next time that you apply for jobs you can see how you can do better or yeah and another thing as well to focus on questions that you can ask the employer or the interviewer afterwards when they're like do you have any questions for me you can ask them being like what kind of experience are you looking for uh for in this kind of position and is there anything i can do to help achieve that or exceed expectations in this role is there any more training I can, uh, training I can take on and they usually that's usually when they like that one and in terms of trying to get over a romantic relationship I know after my podcast on me and Emer did a podcast on our worst heartbreak which, which is probably my most listened to podcast because a lot of people are just constantly looking for um outlets on how to heal themselves from heartbreak and there's no again like there's no guideline or there's nothing you can read you can there's nothing you can watch or hear from another person that's going to actually alleviate the pain that you're feeling from a heartbreak I know myself like it took me so so long to get over um my my most recent ex for some reason and I don't know why because when I look at it from a third party perspective I know that it's like I know this is for the best and there's no way like in any other world that we would ever work out and I don't even know if it's for my exceptional overbearing love for him it was just a really really hard breakup where like it felt as if my whole world had ended but I think what the issue was there was that I was ruminating and I think a lot of what uh, a lot of people that are going through breakups they ruminate and oh sorry missy um a lot of what people can do is they can indulge in people giving them compassion or sympathy and sometimes if it doesn't if sympathy isn't associated or um brought with like practical solutions it's not actually productive at all it's just reiterating your bad emotions and your bad feelings and makes you feel worse over the long term because I know the the immediate reaction that your friends and family want to give you is to be like oh you poor baby you poor thing but it's like you have to be like you poor thing this is what you can do to make yourself feel better you poor thing let's go out and do something together let's distract yourself the best way to uh stop yourself from ruminating is to look at it from a third party perspective again it can be really hard to do this look at it from someone else who's like not your friend not their friend but just someone else who wasn't involved in the relationship and say be really really honest what was your partner's experience or your ex-partner's experience what was your experience and how do you think that you could have gone wrong as well acknowledge how you could have gone wrong forgive yourself and move on from it and promise yourself that you never repeat those actions again with someone else in another relationship which is I think the most positive thing that I've ever done for myself because it's really benefited my current relationship that I'm in now I have learned so much by just being really honest with myself and actually acknowledging where I went wrong because a lot of times when you're ruminating you can just be 
self-pitying and you know it's just awful it's like poor me poor me because you're validating your emotions by telling yourself that it's all their fault rather than being like yeah I'm upset but I I'm partly to to blame for my upset as well another thing is to distract yourself that's probably the best one it was harder for me obviously I was in lockdown I literally was just faced with my emotions head on um and my a lot a lot of people were saying in the questions box too that they resort to like drinking um changing their appearance like getting really fucked up and trying to distract themselves crying uh it really affects their mental health feeling shit about themselves it was majority was negative or they were withdraw themselves where um I completely agree like that's how I deal with rejection as well I withdraw I go a bit nuts um I have really bad addictive tendencies too I'm not going to get into detail but I've gotten really addicted to certain things and um yeah it's just not good not good for my mental capacity and not good also for the people around you because it can be very tax taxing for your friends and family members who have to listen to it constantly like over and over and over again we've all had that friend who's been like the only thing like their only personality trait is talking about their ex like that's the only thing they can talk about you don't want to be that friend I've been that friend before and I was living with Ashling at the time my best friend she was like Keelan you need to put an end to this and I was like you're so right um because Ashing seems to be like the only person I kind of listen to if you know what I mean because she gives me tough love do you know whereas like if Reese tells me to do something I'm just like oh he's just grumpy do you know whereas if Ashing tells me something I'm like you're so right she's literally a genius um also ruminating can lead to extreme anger I think that's why I festered a lot of repressed anger underneath me but this is like being built up I have repressed anger being built up since I was five years old like there's like countless things that me and my sister Ellie would be talking about of like our experience as children and I've just like pushed them so far out of my brain that I black out memories and I'm like I yeah I remember that happened do you know what I mean and then when it's all coming up I'm like oh my god I'm filled with rage all of a sudden and to keep in with good relationships with the people that love you and that you love it now and it's all been forgiven the only way that you can live freely or at peace is if you deal with those emotions yourself and to not blame anyone else when it's been like years and years later people change all the time do you know what I mean you have to somehow get over it otherwise you're just gonna have a really really bad life experience so um that's where the kickboxing comes in again the gym is my therapy I just let it all out in the fucking punching bag you guys um and then yeah and it also just drains your own mental energy and delays the healing process so I would really recommend to try not ruminate it's not guys it's not the vibe we want to bring into 2022 do you know what I mean um should I talk about love languages now that was kind of going on on a bit of a bit of a bit of a rejection buzz um also I wanted to know I forgot to ask this on my story what do people think about zodiac compatibility because I did read a book called quirkology and I shouldn't have because the whole thing is just like debunking astrology and I was so angry afterwards because obviously I think that when it was written by a man as well and when men um trying to try to retort against astrology as kind of like their quirk they're like I don't fucking believe in that shit and they think they're a genius or they've said something really profound I'm like oh my god did you feel good about yourself that, uh, after do you feel good about yourself now because you say that you don't believe in astrology you know that you just like think it's a personality trait where they're like I don't like stuff that like girls like you know what I mean? why am I putting on an American accent they're just like all jocks to me do you know as soon as someone says as soon as a man says something like that I immediately like zone out I'm like I'm not speaking to you at all anymore I don't even argue with them I'm just like you're not someone I want to associate with like fair enough if they're just like I don't believe in it but like fair enough everyone's allowed to have their own hobbies but when they're literally like trying to fight against it they're like all oh, these women are fucking idiots that are believing it like do you know what I mean everyone has a god-shaped hole everyone's trying to find meaning in their life so what is wrong with people like looking at planets to do that and it's a fun hobby it's instead of ins- institutionalized religion which can sometimes be well majority of the time can be very corrupt um, it can be sexist, racist, homophobic. It leads to a lot of xenophobic tendencies, you know, all, all this other shit. We all know how bad the Catholic Church was in Ireland. So I think spirituality, because it has such loose terminologies and like loose guidelines, um, especially like modern day. Now there is issues obviously with people like appropriating Buddhism, but I think new wave spirituality is kind of just people looking for a bit of escapism. And I don't really find anything wrong with it because it's just like people meditating, people doing positive affirmations, people like, you know, reading their tarot cards or having crystals next to their bed to make them feel better it's all what people like their own belief system and people have the, have their right to do that um 
So, but the thing with Zodiac compatibility and what I read in this book was literally just like people who are aware of the characteristics that come along with their astrological sign adhere to those um, there was some sort of study done anyway some psychologists basically did a study on loads of college college students and they asked them about their personality traits and if they thought that it would had any associations with their astrology sign and what he found was a lot of them were like yeah they do they coincided a lot with their astrology sign and he was like oh, okay that's cool but then he was like a lot of these college students know what their astrology sign is so he thought then to do the study on then younger children asked them what their personality traits were um, and the majority of them didn't know what their astrology sign was and what they found was there was absolutely no link between their astrology sign and the characteristic traits that they had so like an Aries could be a really shy quiet person whereas like um, in terms of astrology Aries are supposed to be like really fiery and confident do you know what I mean so um, when I was reading this I was like red in the face I was like oh my god no how dare he do this even though there was like a scientific evidence to go along with it you know but I've never oh god I'm getting an Adobe Flash player update no um, what I I've never believed in like Zodiac compatibility I don't get that buzz where it's like um, Libra has to go with the Gemini because I think humans have a very flexible ability to get along with people that you know it's kind of in hip uh kind of binary for humans to be like oh you you can't get along with them because of whatever characteristic they tra- traits they have even if they don't even embody them you don't know anything about them but just by knowing their astrology sign you're like shutting them out even though a lot of times you know with them um, i've seen on tiktok everyone's like stay away from a pisces man stay away from him uh what else a scorpio man all that stuff i mean i don't know how true that is like maybe they're gonna have to do some huge huge uh census thing you know like the census they send around in ireland and it's like you have to fill out this huge booklet about and a questionnaire maybe they should do one with astrology and see how accurate it is like i would love to know jerry malloy you know jerry malloy on tiktok he's like bit the he's like bit the mushy peas and the crackers two stone down bit of munch oh i'm starving you know him so i would love to know what his um chart is like what his chart is like because I mean, there's a lot of things that I would, I would, what's that word? I would relate to or empathize with in my astrology chart is like, oh, my Scorpio's in Venus. And I'm like, why though? Because I'm like, oh, I love sex. So like, I, on my, my Scorpio's in Venus. Do you know what I mean? My Venus is in Scorpio. Where uh, maybe I just don't know enough about it, but I never, I think the Zodiac compatibility thing, I think everyone has the ability to love another human uh, regardless of what their astrology sign is or even regardless of what their a- attributes are or the characteristics because me and Jason are really different like really different and we only have kind of come ac- like recently realized that because when you're friends with someone obviously it's like you you know a different side to them they're a completely different person whereas when you're in a relationship with someone you see a whole new side of this person now and we just I guess we approach um conflict completely the opposite the way we see the world is like completely differently but it works for us somehow because we're like evening and balancing each other out and I think sometimes you need a bit of difference to keep it interesting and to like challenge yourself in empathizing with any type of person do you know we obviously have loads of similarities because we were bffs bffs for lifers um but now that we have sex regularly you know it, it changes our di- di- the dynamic i have a bit of a stutter i've realized as my mom actually has a stutter she's like when she's a bit angry she's like i i i i and uh i've noticed i've kind of started it as well i trip over my words um and it's hard for me to communicate the odd time. Jeez, I need to get ready now soon. Okay, so I'm going to go into the love languages now. One sec now. So, love languages. The majority of the people... I think majority of the people that I know... Know what a love language is. Or know the kind of general gist of... Yeah, uh, of the guidelines and what they come along with. Now, when I did that online test... You know the one. You know the one. The love languages test. I got 20% in each one. In and around. It was like 23% I think from for acts of service. And a little bit more for something else as well. But I didn't actually kind of 
think that about myself so I don't know how accurate those online tests are because I think you do usually know with yourself if you look at past relationships what you felt lacked in that relationship or how you felt when you felt the most secure or at peace in the relationship is when they were doing this or when you were doing that and also a lot what has a huge impact on how you want to receive love and also how you express love is your upbringing Um, now with my upbringing my parents were a bit detached a little bit detached uh not really that affectionate um like for example my mom would kind of be like ew if you try to give her a hug she kind of I, I think she actually kind of did that up until I was 20 probably like she's acknowledged it now and she's like oh my god or she kind of the, the odd time she's like I don't remember that do you know what I mean pa- I think parents do that a lot of the time they're like no that never happened I don't remember it so it never happened um so now I'm not I'm not being like oh they were terrible parents like I have I had great parents and I had a great childhood but they were just bad on the whole affection front and they were bad at communicating because we were like uh you all need to go to the kids table or it was like you are adults now it was it was kind of um incoherent and inconsistent on how they would treat us they're like you need we're treating you like adults now and you need to do your own laundry and you need to cut your cook your own meals whereas in the next week they're like you're obviously not allowed any responsibility what the fuck are you talking about it's like you want to go out with your friends no you know what I mean so it was kind of confusing the way they expressed love was a bit odd so I was and I was the daughter where I was constantly yearning for approval this is why I'm an attention seeker now I constantly yearn for approval and I would I would change up the uh, tactics that I'd use to do that so it would be like okay I'd clean the house one week um, I tried to put on a wash and then my mom would be like there's not enough in the laundry in the laundry in the washing machine you didn't do it right or I would try to cook dinner and I'd fuck it up and it'd be disgusting or I'd paint my mom a picture or she, and she'd laugh at it and be like mm, okay you know what I mean now my mom is a legend and I realize how funny she is now but obviously as a child you don't really understand that type of humor so you're like this is uh, really really affecting me and my self-esteem so now how I uh I think that's why my love languages they were all kind of equal with each one and I will go into more if you aren't aware I will go into detail into uh, each one but um yeah so why you need to know a person's love language when you're in a relationship it is kind of like trying to be in a relationship with someone where you don't speak the same language like trying to be with someone who for me who's Japanese I know a few a bit of Japanese konnichiwa uh, arigato and itetakimasu yeah uh I'm obsessed with watching Japanese food shows I love Japanese food so they're they're the words that I know um but for me trying to be in a relationship with someone who's Japanese and they don't uh, have a lick of English I don't have a lick of Japanese obviously it would it wouldn't I don't think it would work out that well we'd probably like have sex with each other but like how would we fight how would we communicate how would we know what each person wants for dinner do you know um so if you don't know someone's love language or you're not showing love in someone else's love language it is obviously grounds for misunderstanding conflict and resentment um and I think it does fluctuate depending on which relationship you are in I don't think necessarily it's so binary that in every stage of your life for the rest of your life it's like you only like words of affirmation for the rest of your life you only want people to tell you how pretty you are or tell you that you're so funny or tell you that they like your cooking it's not going to be the same for the rest of your life. So that's why I think you people need to know about all of them because I think it does change. Like in my last relationship, for example, I felt it was more so lacking in words of affirmation um, and not really affection. Maybe words of, I wanted to be loved more in words of affirmation. I wanted to be told how much I was loved and I wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling my needs. So I constantly felt no matter what else he did because maybe he expressed love in a different way, no matter what what he did, it was never enough for me because I was like, you're not doing it in the way that I want you to. Um, whereas now my love language on how I want Jason to express love to me is a uh, gift. I'm actually the gift receiving one and um access service so I think it does depend on especially if you're living with someone access service is a huge one especially with uh stereotype gender roles if you're in a heteronormative relationship it can be so easy to fall into the maternal instincts of wanting to look after the man and being like he's incompetent so I have to do everything it's so easy to fall into that and then resent them because they're not doing it enough but you are I'm talking about this from my own experience you're demanding that you do everything for example me I'm like 
okay these are the specific things that I do because I know I can do them better and if you do them I would actually just be more upset whereas like I want him to show love and access I've communicated all this by the way this is like isn't me giving a therapy session and being like Jason isn't doing enough for me wait 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 he obviously does but this is like where the miscommunication comes in I'm like I want to do the cooking I want to do the laundry and I want to look after Missy Moo they're my things right Whereas then I I think it's lacking then because I still want him to do things for me. Whereas in his mind, he's like, I'm not going to uh, interfere with anything you're doing because you actually would just snap at me. Like, that's my buzz. I'm like, what do you think you're doing? No. Um, So that's why he's like, okay, so you want to do all those things. So I'll show uh, love in different ways. And he's like leaving me sticky notes all around the house when he goes to work, telling me how much he loves me. Is so affectionate all the time. Whereas at the moment, that's not how I want to receive love. Like I want to, I want him to do random things for me that I don't have to ask for. Like him to, maybe I come home one day and he's like, put away all the laundry or um mopped the floors I hate cleaning floors and I hate cleaning bathrooms but I just do it anyway or he's like changed the cat litter do you know what I mean or like Missy Moo's been fed it's like random stuff like that where he's like done it without me having to ask and that is an expression of him showing me love in how I want to receive love whereas he wants to receive love in words of affirmation and affection and I'm bad in those departments I find it hard to express myself or show how much I love someone verbally because I feel embarrassed or I'm like oh yeah I just feel embarrassed and this is humiliating like why am I doing this even though I want to be a writer like what is wrong with me I can literally write it in a letter so that's how um crucial it is for any for any relationship to thrive and like to, to be a good relationship I think is to learn each other's long, love languages and to acknowledge how you naturally express love to others and try to make an, a conscious effort to change it a bit to fit your partner's needs and to know that it could change over time too like after having kids um I could be less willing to want affection or I could be more willing to want I could want more affection than after having a child I'd be like I want you to give me more affection now and maybe amplify the acts of service because I have no energy do you know what I mean I'm not sleeping at night because I know for a fact if we do have kids he's going to sleep through all the night feeds I already know that for a fact so I'm gonna be grumpy I'm gonna be grouchy no sleep so he's gonna have to bring me breakfast in bed do you know what I mean there has to be a compromise there um so the first one obviously is affection and how you can show ways of this is like holding their hand in public um like showing affection to them not just behind closed doors because I know a lot of couples like feel uncomfortable with that but if your partner wants is their love language is affection and they want to be felt loved you have to kind of express that in public and uh I think it is a really important part and you have to go outside of your uh, comfort zone and compromise for the person that you're in a relationship with you don't have to be like snog in the face off them but like hugging them from behind or like you know what I mean linking their arms hugging their hip it doesn't have to be so like PDA you don't have to be licking their neck in public and then when you're at home like learning massage how to give them a massage um it could be sex as well but you should well you shouldn't be uh pressured into having sex if you don't feel comfortable of course and there was a study done and apparently babies who were caressed held and kissed go on to lead healthier emotional lives than those who aren't that explains me do you know what I mean um actually I have a pretty healthy emotional life I think if I wasn't doing so much work on myself it would be way worse do you know what I mean uh okay which one will I do next let's see eeny meeny miny moe uh let's do words of affirmation so this is giving verbal compliments that are simple and straightforward you don't have to insult yourself while you're giving your partner a compliment if you find it difficult um what i would do is find inspiration um in your notes as well find inspirations on what they need reassurance in because a lot of people you know they're insecure about some things find ways to compliment them in that thing because you probably do love them for whatever whatever they feel insecure about but do it in a more specific way so it feels more genuine um write sticky notes again sticky notes around the house i really recommend that one if words of affirmation are your love language it's so cute and you can save all of them and keep them somewhere keep them safe writing letters um see this can be the the hardest one because a lot of people are bad at communicating their feelings like myself i'm just bad i'm good at writing about love from an outside outside perspective writing it down in my journal maybe but i'm really bad at like telling my partner how much I love them or how much I appreciate them you know I say it in those words but they're too simplified then that it's like generic and doesn't feel as genuine as it could be um so you have to look for a bit more effort what I would do is maybe take inspiration from maybe books that you read or um 
shows that you watch and stuff like that like it doesn't have to be too complicated or like you don't have to be a literary genius to be able to give your partner a compliment and uh, next one is quality time like I talked about in the start of the podcast you can do an else spinning class together but yeah to make sure that you're not just spending time around each other doing other things like you have to be it has to be one-on-one time having a conversation me and Jason do those um 100 questions for couples things they're really good uh you can be painting together drink a bottle of wine together just like sitting at the kitchen table I remember my parents used to do that when I was younger I thought it was the cutest thing ever they would just sit at the table and talk for hours and hours and hours and they are divorced now though so I wouldn't actually anyway um what else now uh you can find out with your what your partner likes to do as a hobby even if you don't like it that much you can make the effort to do it with them together so if one of if your partner likes reading you can go to a bookshop with them and maybe they you pick them out a book that you like the sound of but you have to be really present and actually in the moment you can't be hovering behind oh my god there's nothing I hate more than especially when a man does it I, I get I told you I, I'm full of rage I have suppressed anger when a man when you're in a shop and the man hovers around you looking at his phone while you're looking at something especially if you're like do now Jason doesn't do this at all so this isn't relating to him but like in your you're in Tesco and you're you live together and you're shopping for meals that you're both going to eat and they're hovering around you on their phone not paying attention like what is wrong with you and they're like you forgot this thing I'm like why weren't you paying attention when we were in there um like you have to make an effort with the person that you're with so they they feel loved and appreciated um this could be me going to a Liverpool match like I tell people I'm a Liverpool fan having to fucking breeze what's going on but I do that for him guys that is uh that's true love um what else is there uh yeah it's really hard to be present as well with each other because like the modern age is full of incessant distractions like being on your phone fucking it's so easy for me and Jason to be home like he's home from work and we're just like constantly scrolling and scrolling and scrolling endlessly scrolling and yeah I might have to finish this podcast in a bit fuck's sake I have to get ready for Pilates now okay I might finish it later okay B or B Okay, back from Pilates, y'all. It was actually a beginner's class, so it wasn't that hard. And it was also reformative, reformative Pilates, where you just use a machine thing to move around. So it wasn't that strenuous or exerting as much as the, say, the spinning class was and the fucking kickboxing. It was a bit slower. Like there were mammies in the class, you know what I mean? Except, sorry, Lucifer, burp. During the class, someone did let one rip, like a big, loud toot. And no one owned up to it or addressed it either. So it was really, I was trying so hard not to laugh. It was really, really bad. So as soon as I exited the building, I was like giggling to myself. So yeah, that made my night. Uh, Where was I? I was on uh, quality time. Yeah, so doing nice activities together can help with that. If you find it hard, if you are like addicted to your phone or, you know, when you come home from work and you're like, all I want to do is lie down on my phone. Whereas like it takes the same amount of energy to like watch a show together. It's good watching a series together because you can like comment on it and then you have something to look forward to, to do together as well. And you know what I mean? Um, I recommend Drag Race. Um, I don't know what else. Okay, next one, gift giving. This is one of my love languages, how I express love and like to receive it as well. I'm, um, I remember once when me and Jason were just friends and we were at a party, uh, I offered to buy him an iPhone. Uh, I was doing OnlyFans at the time, so I had disposable income. I wouldn't do that now, obviously, but I have the same kind of energy where I just like show up with gifts for people. If I'm feeling they're, even if they're not really, like I want I do it to friends as well who I've just met and I like take something out of the experience of me meeting them and the next time I see them I'm like giving them a gift which could be really intense actually to be honest but uh it's just one of my things that I like doing and I think I like receiving it as well because it proves that the person who's getting you the present like how much they know you and it doesn't have to have a huge monetary value either it's just gonna be a little tiny thing that just expresses your love for them but in a physical form so that's why I think I like it. It's like a, symb- a symbolic of love and it doesn't take as much. I don't think it takes the most effort either. I think acts of service probably takes the most effort and words of affirmation maybe because it's like a constant thing. Whereas the gift giving is like once in a while and it can be really easy. So maybe I'm like built to have a sugar daddy or something. Maybe that's my buzz. And if you find it hard to know what to get for your partner, I'd say keep track of presents that they get from other people 
or keep track of presents that you've bought for them what their reaction was like because it'd probably be easy to read if you know them well enough um or you can consult their friends and family siblings is a good one and so for access service then basically it's like cleaning doing the grocery shopping or doing things for people that they love. I have a great example for this now as well. So when me and Jason were doing long distance, it was Saoirse's birthday, my sister Saoirse, and I wasn't home for it, obviously. Jason got her a dress. Listen, that's not it. That's not the end of it. Baked her cookies, went all the way from Tala to my house, which is on the north side, like literally opposite end of Dublin, Dublin more like east, west, east, north. Yeah. Uh, delivered to them to the house what like are you joking I don't even think I got Saoirse a birthday present or maybe I just sent her money like I've never that's so much effort I love that um is that all of them did I do all of them there words of affirmation quality time receiving gifts uh acts of service and physical touch I think that's all of them okay I can end it here that's a good one hour good hour of the great okay that's usually my goal with the thing I hope I said everything I wanted to. Again, if you want to support the podcast, I have a Patreon thing down in the description. You don't have to if you don't want to. This is a free service, but if you want to pay me for the work that I'm putting into it, I'd really appreciate it. All I'd be doing is reading books and writing notes, basically, and then speaking for an hour. That's, you know, so if you want to pay me for that, you can pay me a fiver a month, even three three pounds a month, whatever you want. Um every little helps I'm obsessed with Tesco apparently I hope everyone's having a great day happy Friday happy Friday if you're reading this on a no if you're listening to this on a Friday TGIF happy Friday hope everyone has a great weekend and I love you that's it